Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you. Give you all the glory. We bless your holy name. Thank you for another time in your presence. We pray that you speak to us in a special way today. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, O God, for the gift of your Son who was given to us. As we remember and celebrate Christmas, we pray that the blessings of your presence will make a difference in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. So the past three weeks, the past two weeks, we've been talking about lessons from the birth of Jesus Christ. And today we are going to continue with lessons from the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, last week, I mean, the two, two weeks ago, we saw Mary's life that was interrupted with the birth of Jesus Christ. Mary gave her vessel and God used her to be a blessing to the rest of the world. Um, last week, we saw that the... Um, the wise men who were looking after the sheep, um, when they heard of the news of the birth of Jesus Christ, they were excited about the news and they went about sharing the news with everyone. And so what we learned from that is that when people receive the news of Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus Christ, one thing that happens in their life or one thing that must happen in their life is that they go about and tell other people about it. And so as we are celebrating Christmas and remembering the birth of Jesus Christ, we want to go about and tell other people about Jesus Christ. That is the, I believe that is the most important thing about Christmas. And so as we go about shopping, as we go about um, celebrating, as we go about, um, um, uh, as, as we, we go about doing all the decorations, we should remember to tell other people the reason um, for the season. And that reason is Jesus Christ. And so today we are going to look at chapter 3. I mean, I'm sorry, part 3 of um, lessons from the birth of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to start reading from Luke chapter 1 from verse 26 to 38. The Bible says, Now in the seed months, the angel of the Lord was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. You are blessed. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his sin. And considered what manner of greetings this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be a he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. For his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is born, who will be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, 
has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the seed month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, thy maid servant, be, let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So today we are just going to look at the characters in the story. And um, the characters in the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I hope that will be a blessing. So the first one we want to look at is Mary. Let's look at the character Mary and the role she played in the birth of Jesus Christ. And how we can apply that to our life. Now, the first thing we learn from Mary is that Mary was prepared. Mary was a prepared vessel that God could use. Every time in every generation, God is looking for people to use. And whenever a man prepares his vessel, he makes room for God to use him. Like the song we just sang. That make room in your heart for God to write his story. God is always looking for an opportunity. He's looking for people. He's looking for vessels to write his story. And when your vessel, when you are prepared, when you prepare your vessel, God is going to come in and write his story with you. God is always looking for people who are available, vessels that he can use to honor himself. And so when a vessel is prepared, God will make way. God will make his way to that vessel and use that vessel to, to write his story. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to 21, the Bible says, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he is a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. And so one thing we have to know that know is that in every generation, God is looking for people to use. And the Bible says, if a man prepares his vessel, if you prepare yourself, you become a vessel that is qualified for God to use you. So even in this generation, God is still looking for people who will execute his will, who, will, he, who he will use for his glory. The Bible tells us that if we prepare our vessel in expectation for God to use us, then God is going to use us. Most of the times, people make an excuse that everybody is doing it. If everybody is defiling their temple, everybody is doing something that is wrong, it does not mean that God is pleased with it. And it does not mean that we should partake in that. So in every generation, even in this generation, in our time that we live in now, God is still looking for vessels to use. Just like God chose Mary as a vessel to use in that generation. We, we have to learn that God is also looking for a vessel in our generation. And so if we prepare ourselves, God is going to use us for his glory. Now, that reminds me of the story of Daniel. When the king offered them the food that had been served to idols, the Bible tells us that Daniel purposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself with the food that the king was going to give them. And so, let's purpose in ourselves. Let's purpose in our heart that if God is looking for anyone to use in this generation, if God is looking for any vessel to use, then we avail ourselves to be those vessels that God is going to use in this generation. Of course, in the time that God chose Mary, there were other virgins as well. But God graciously chose Mary to use her. And in spite of God's grace that was extended to Mary, assuming God chose Mary to use her and 
God wanted a virgin and God could not find Mary as a virgin at that time, then her vessel was not prepared for God to use. And so let's prepare our vessels that God is going to use us in this generation. That is one thing that we can do. And as the grace of God moves around, looking for people to select, looking for people that God is going to use to glorify himself, I pray that our vessels will be available for God to use us. The next thing we can learn from the character Mary is that Mary submitted herself to the word of God. And when the angel told her that God was going to use her, the Bible says, Mary said that be it unto me, as you have purpose, I am just your maid servant. And so even though Mary had all these plans and she was going to get married, she had all these plans and preparation towards her marriage, but she submitted to the word of God. In this generation, if God is going to use us, if God is going to choose us as the vessels to use, then we have to submit ourselves to the word of God. As we prepare our vessels, one of the things that we have to do is also to submit to the word of God. Mary trusted in the word of God. Mary also learned that whatever the angel said was true and was going to come to pass. And so she believed in the word of God. She chose to go with the instruction that God has given her instead of giving excuses because she could have chosen to um, negotiate with the angel that, listen, I'm about to get married. And so let me just finish my wedding. Let me marry. And then at that point, I'll be available for God to use me. But Mary gave up her will and surrendered to the will of God. If God will be able to use us to glorify himself, then we have to be ready to surrender to his will. Whatever the will of God is, let's know that that is the perfect thing for us. And so let's be willing to surrender to God's will. Mary again sacrificed. She had to give up her wedding. She had to give up her um, youthfulness or the joy of being married to this lovely um, person that she had found. She gave a sacrifice. She also selected, she also took the responsibility of raising God who had just become man, raising the baby Jesus Christ. Mary had the privilege and responsibility of raising Jesus Christ as her baby. So if we are going to have an impact in this generation, we have to be ready to take on a responsibility. Let's not say that because God has given us grace, and so grace is going to finish everything. But let's be willing to take a responsibility. Today, we have a lot of believers, um, a lot of people who are saying that because of grace, there is no need for responsibility. Or because of grace, there is no expectation from us. But we know that grace brings a responsibility on all of us. The Bible says in, in the book of Titus that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared of to all men, teaching us that we should forsake ungodliness. And so the grace of God teaches you and brings a responsibility into your life. And so as we celebrate the grace of Jesus, the grace that we have received through Jesus Christ, we should understand that that grace brings a responsibility on, on us and we should be ready to um, take on that responsibility. The next character we want to look at is Joseph. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a just man. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 19, the Bible says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So Joseph was a man who demonstrated genuine love for Mary and also honored the law. The law required that if a woman 
that you are betrothed to is, is pregnant, um, you put her away. And Joseph could have chosen to put Mary away publicly. But, but the Bible bears witness that he was a just man. And so as we consider the characters that make up the story of Jesus Christ, let's learn the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's learn what made them, stu- uh, what made them stand out, that God chose to use them. One of the things that Joseph had was that he was in the lineage of David. And of course, Joseph was not the only one in the lineage of David. But again, his vessel was prepared for God to use it because the Bible bears witness that Joseph was a just man. And so because he was a just man and he honored the law, he chose not to um, submit Mary to public Disgrace Again, Joseph was obedient to the instructions of God through that he received through the angel. When the angel spoke to Joseph that don't be afraid to take unto you your wife, Mary, he went ahead and obeyed. Considering the fact that Joseph was getting ready to marry, and so he had made preparation, every young man has expectations. And all of a sudden, he hears this instruction from the angel. Joseph could have been angry. Joseph could have rejected that instruction and said that this is not coming from God. But we saw that Joseph was obedient. Imagine if Joseph and Mary were not obedient to the instructions of God. And they did not submit to God's word. I'm pretty sure the story about the birth of Jesus Christ would have been altered. That story would have been different. We will not be reading this story today. But what we find is that. Joseph also obeyed the instruction that the angel sent to him. Even though at the end of the day, Joseph was not the hero of the story. Because years after Jesus was born, and years after they both died, we still talk about Mary. Some people even pray through Mary. But nobody prays through Joseph. Even though Joseph was the father of the, the earthly father of Jesus. And so... Joseph was obedient. Joseph was a just man. Even though he was not the hero of the story, he also played a role. And this also should should teach us that in the story that God is going to write in our generation, not all of us are going to be the heroes of those stories. But all of us play a, a significant role in those stories. In this generation, as God is getting ready to move and touch the earth, God is going to use all of us. He's going to work through all of us in a certain way. Even though we might not be on TV and everybody will not see us. Even though we might not be so popular and these days you might not have so much following. You are still significant in that story. Your role in that story is important. And so do not compare your role to other people and say that, oh, your role is not significant. So you will not be diligent. You still have to be diligent in your role because it is important in the whole program of God. The next characters we want to look at is or are the shepherds. Now, when the shepherds, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Um, The Bible says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then 
The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in a saddling cloth, in a swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly that there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was. When the angel, angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing that the that that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had, they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And so one of the things that we see about this shepherd, or one something that we can learn from these shepherds is that First of all, they were going about their, their business. They, are going, they were going about their business and God came into their lives and interrupted, interrupted their lives and gave them an assignment. And so the fact that you have the call of God or the fact that God is going to use you does not mean you should sit and wait. But you have to be diligent in whatever you are doing now. The Bible tells us that when we are faithful with little things, God is going to give us more important things to do. And so let's be diligent in our business. Even in the secular world, whatever job that we are doing, let's be diligent. These men were just going about their secular jobs. And God saw their diligence. Because the Bible says they were sitting there at night, in the middle of the night. From what we know about the birth of Jesus Christ, it was going to be a cold night. So these shepherds were making sure that the thieves would not come and take away their sheep. They were diligent about taking care of their sheep. They were diligent about the business that they had at that time. And God came, gave them an assignment. It might look like these guys were the least qualified for God to give this announcement to. Because at that time, like I said the other time, there were religious leaders. There were the Pharisees, the Sadducees. And the scribes who were there at that time, who were reading the scriptures and they were waiting for the Messiah, God could have gone to announce to these people that the Messiah has been born. But he chose the shepherds who seems to be the least qualified. The Bible tells us that God chooses the people who in the eyes of men looks like they are not qualified so that he will use that to glorify himself so that men cannot boast. And so if in any field or any assignment, that God has given you, it looks like you are not qualified to do that assignment. Know that that is the qualification you need. When you feel like you are not qualified, that is exactly where you need. You are at the place where God can use you for his glory. So God chose these shepherds. And in, the interesting thing we see about these shepherds is that they received the news with gladness. These guys might not be, they, they were again, these guys were Gentiles. They might not be people who knew so much about the laws of Israel. They, were, they might not be people who knew so much about the Messiah. But when the angel told them that this thing has happened, 
they would just receive the news with gladness. The Bible tells us that these guys were excited to hear that a Messiah has been born. And they said they were going to look for him. And so again, we see that these guys, they sought diligently for the Lord. The Bible tells us that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, the Bible says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to him must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so these guys diligently sought for the Lord. They sought for the baby who the angel had spoken about. And they were excited when they found him again. The Bible tells us that they made it known to all, they made it known to all men. They made it widely known. It means they went about telling people what the angel had told them in Luke chapter 2, verse 17. The Bible says, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And one of the things that happened, like I said last week, to anyone who has an encounter with Jesus Christ is that they make him known to other people. And so these um, shepherds went about telling others about Jesus Christ. They made Jesus Christ known to other people. What the angel told them was that this was a king, this was the Messiah who had been born into the nation of Israel. And they diligently sought for him. And when they found him, they made him known to other people. The next character we want to look at is Herod. Herod is also part of the story. The Bible let us know that Herod was not pleased to hear that a Messiah has been born. He did not rejoice at the news of the birth of Jesus Christ like the shepherds did. Herod was not pleased that a Messiah had been born. One, I believe, because he didn't understand the purpose of God. And he did not make any effort to understand. Because if he knew that Jesus Christ was going to be a king, and his kingship was not of this earth, he was not going to dethrone him as a king, I believe he wouldn't have been um, angry. And he wouldn't have sought to kill the baby Jesus Christ. Herod could not receive the news with gladness. And there are people who sometimes when God is doing something new, they are not able to receive what God is doing with gladness. They become offended with what God is doing. If God starts something new with some other people, they are not able to celebrate. I heard um, a minister of the gospel once say that there are people who want to be, and I think it's a popular saying, there are people who want to be the bride at the wedding and the cops at the funeral. It means that they want all the attention to be on them. No matter what it is, they want to be the center of attraction. But we have to celebrate what God is doing in other people's life. When God is doing, using somebody mightily in any area, we have to celebrate what God is doing in that person's life. Knowing that all of us play a role. The Bible says that we are all part of the body of Christ. In our body, we have the head, we have the hand, we have the feet, we have the fingers. All of them play a very important role. If one of your little finger is hurt, in fact, it can put the whole body down. You can, be, you can be lying down just because your toe is hurting you. So all of us are significant and relevant in God's plan. So let's celebrate what God is doing in other people's life. Herod could not do that. Even though he had the kingdom, he heard that a Messiah was born. 
And of course, by the time the Messiah was going to become king, this Herod would not probably have been alive. But he still sought to kill this person who the shepherd had mentioned to him. And so Herod did not understand the plan of God, did not understand the purpose of God, and did not even make effort to understand that plan. But he wanted to stop the plan of God. He wanted to stop the work of God. And we saw that there is from, from this character, we learn that no one can stop the plan and the purpose of God. No man has in him the power to stop the purpose and the plan of God. Again, we see that Herod's action was a fulfillment of prophecy because the Bible had said that Rahel was going to mourn. And when Herod decided to kill all the young people, all the babies two years and down uh, below two years, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. And so even when wicked people take steps to stop the plan of God, they cannot do anything against the plan of God. They can only work for the plan of God. And that is why, personally, even though I don't write off some of the theories, conspiracy theories, I don't, I'm, not as, I'm not scared of those theories because I know that wicked men can only work for God. They cannot do anything against the people of God. They cannot do anything against God's plan. And that is how it's going to happen in the end. When people think that they are working against God, they are actually fulfilling prophecy. They are actually working for God. And so, um, I don't pay too much attention to those theories because um, in the end, I know that God has absolute control over the earth. He does not give control away to anyone. And so, whatever evil people decide to do, of course, there are going to be evil people in the last days, as the Bible tells us, that they are going to be evil people. But whatever they do, we know that they'll only be working for God. They cannot do anything against the plan of God. And so Herod dealt wickedly with the people, even though this was great news that everybody was going to celebrate. Because why would you not celebrate that God has given you a Messiah to save the whole world? They, I believe that Herod probably talked that, oh, it's going to be like the story of Pharaoh, how Israel went away. And so he was going to move in quickly to stop the baby from growing. But we know that God is always smarter than a man. God is always so many steps ahead of a man. Before a man thinks, God knows his thoughts. And so God is always able to make sure that his plans will come to pass. Herod was so much in, uh, um, intoxicated with power and he wanted to be, continue to be a king. He, um, he had the love of this world in his heart rather than the love of God. When we read 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But Herod loved the world. He loved his um, role as a king, ruling, uh, um, being the head of the kingdom or being the leader of the kingdom. And he didn't want to give that away. And so he wanted to fight the plan of God. But it is impossible for a man to fight God. Now, the next character I want us to look at is the innkeeper. The innkeeper who seems, seemingly, we think that this innkeeper did a very good job giving Mary a place to give, um, to give them. But I'm of the view that the, even though this guy did well, whoever he was, but he could have done better. Because it does not make sense to give a manger to a woman who is pregnant, who is in labor. 
The Bible says there was no room in the inn. But I know that the innkeeper that night, he and his family had a place to sleep. <laughs> and the Bible, there is this song that says that God came into this world and there was no place for him. The innkeeper is like a believer, the person who has accepted Jesus Christ, but is not giving his best. He's not giving his first to Jesus Christ. Even though he's given out something, but that wasn't his best. That wasn't his first. The innkeeper could have given his best and his first to Jesus Christ. He could have given if he knew. Just in, in the, even though he did not know it was a, he was the Messiah. Just in the act of being kind alone teaches us that if a woman is pregnant and is in labor, you cannot give that woman a manger to give birth in. That woman cannot share a place with horses or with animals. But you should have the innkeeper, even though he did well by offering a place, could have offered a better place. And so those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, what this character should teach us is that we should give God our best, our very best, until we have nothing else left. We should give God our all and our best. I heard a story of Catherine Coleman. How Catherine Coleman said that it, it, was, it had to do with her ministry. And she said that she's just going to give out all her best. And so that one day when she gets before God, and she's not able to do everything God has asked her to do. She would just tell God that I tried. I gave my best. And that was so inspiring to me. That if God knows that you gave your very best. Irrespective of the assignment he had given you. If God knows that you have given him your very best. I believe he will be pleased. Whether you, you are able to meet the mark. Whether you are able to meet the expectations of men or not. If you stand before God and God knows that you gave him your very best, I believe that he will be pleased with you. And so whatever assignment that God has given us, let's give him our very best. To me, this speaks to me personally as a minister of the gospel. If I'm able to stand before God and know that, God, I did my very best. I did all my, I mean, with everything you gave me, I did my best. I believe I'll be satisfied. And I believe God will be pleased with me as well. Amen. Right, the last character I want us to look at today, I told you it was going to be shot. <laughs> so the last character I want us to look at today is the baby Jesus Christ. What does the baby Jesus Christ tell us about God? It teaches us that God starts big things in a small way. Jesus was the greatest man who ever lived on earth, but he came in a very small, humble way. And so God will start big things in a very small way. Jesus Christ was the ultimate demonstration of the love of God. That God chose to come in the form of a man to this world that he had created. He chose a manger to be born in a manger. The, the baby Jesus Christ is the demonstration of God's love to mankind. The Bible says God loves us so much. That he gave us his son. That whosoever believes in him. Will not perish. But have everlasting life. Again the baby Jesus Christ. Is an example of humility. The Bible tells us. Jesus emptied himself of his divinity. Took upon him the form of a man. 
Imagine when Jesus Christ said to God that I will go to this earth and save your people. And God told him that, oh, the plan is that you have to go as a baby. Jesus Christ was a king who was being worshipped by a multitude of angels. He gave that away. All things were made through him. Nothing was made that was made without him. In him the fullness of the divinity dwells. But he still gave that away and became a baby. That is an example of humility. God gave us the perfect example of humility. That we should also be humble. We should be ready to empty ourselves of whatever we have. Just so that God will be glorified. And just so that others will be blessed. And so as we celebrate as we celebrate Christmas, let's not forget about the main characters who make up the Christmas story. Those main characters does not include Santa Claus. It's not about Santa Claus, but it's about Jesus Christ, God who became a man. And so I wish you all a Merry Christmas. We're going to end our, um, the lessons on the birth of Jesus Christ next week with the last um, part which will be the part four and i pray that as we celebrate christmas we'll pay attention to the most important things shall we pray father in jesus mighty name we give you all the glory we give you all the honor we thank you lord for the gift of life we thank you for the blessings of christmas we pray in jesus mighty name that may this be a time that we draw closer to you we will learn to give you praise and give you thanks in all things. We bless you, God, and we honor you in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.